0: One of the greatest mysteries that we have to walk through once we're saved is understanding and accepting that we are children of God. I want to talk to you today about some words, but also some imagery. When I say imagery, that means the way you view yourself, the way you view, view your Christianity, the imagery that's painted when you read the Bible. And if we don't understand the mystery of salvation, of being born again, We can always approach God in a manner that is more like an outsider rather than being a child of God. And for me, for much of my early walk with God, that's what I was. I always felt like an outsider, constantly trying to earn favor and love, approval, provision from God. Yeah, these are all the things that scripturally are given to me the moment I'm born again for free. But yet I was living a life of Christianity where I was trying to earn it. And so let's begin just to look at the imagery and some of the wording to help us to accept the fact that you are born of God. And I like to use a difference, the comparison that either you feel that you're adopted of God or you feel that you are born of God. Let's start over here in Galatians. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians 2 verse 19 and 20. For I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. This is Paul talking. So he said, I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now this is a mystery. What is Paul trying to describe when he says, I died that I might live. And he says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. and the life that I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. And so that mystery is imagery, is a picture. What picture is he trying to paint? And it's an impossible mystery to understand because it's never happened before in the history of mankind that a, a person could be born into a different species. So we use wording sometimes in our best attempt to describe things, and that wording can become confusing if we don't get the imagery right. And we'll look at some of that here. So the mystery begins with, I have been crucified with Christ It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, to be clear, many of us know these verses, and we have the idea of what it means, so we kind of just quote them. But if you have the wrong imagery, then you will misunderstand your relationship with God. If you feel in any way that you are trying to earn something from God, then that's like an outsider, an adopted child possibly, but not a birth child. I have children. My children, they know how to be my my son and my daughter. They know that I am their father, and we've had moments where they've had to be disciplined. There's moments where they've grown and grown up in areas, but they've never felt for a moment, not one moment of their life, that they've had to earn my love, that they've had to earn provision, that I would feed them and protect them and, and put a roof over their head. They've never, ever, for a moment of their life, have felt that kind of need in their life to earn that love. Now, do they need to earn approval? Yes. They get approval when they do good. They, they've learned consequences. That's something you do earn, uh, approval. But you don't earn love and you don't earn the right to be a child. The right of a child is that you are protected, provided for, and loved. You know, that means that if you never lift or give a penny in an offering or never lift a finger to do anything for God, you can still expect God to provide for you and meet your needs because He is your Father. I'm going to go over to chapter 3. And we'll start here in verse 26. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many as you, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male or female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So if you are Christ, if you've been born again, if you've accepted Jesus in your heart, what that means is that you received a new nature. A new nature means the old nature left you. It was quickened and now you have a new nature of Christ in you. You have a new alive inner body, inner man. Your outward body was left in darkness. But you have become a child of God, and that's the mystery of salvation, that God, in some amazing way, has been able to take you without removing you from the picture, and renew everything around you. So in the end, you are standing on the new earth, and everything about you, your spirit, your soul, and your body will be completely together, completely light before you were saved, uh, your spirit, your soul, and your body were completely dark, completely in death. But then when you asked Jesus in your heart and received faith from him to be born again, in that moment you received the new nature of light, and your inner man came to life while your outer man is left dark. And that's why you have struggles and battles and are pulled and tempted. It's because your outward body has not been quickened yet. It will when the trumpet sounds, but until then you have to mortify it and deny it. So here Paul is making it clear that your salvation has come through faith in Christ, not in any work that you can do. And, and the Galatians were being tempted to add works to their relationship with God trying to earn the right to be a child of god and if you want to take that walk where you have to earn the right i know some strong people who are very strong in their personality very disciplined to have things together in the natural use that as an avenue to justify their christianity and use it as an avenue sometimes to belittle other people and say well you're not saved because you don't love like I love, or you're not holy like I'm holy. But salvation comes because of the new nature. Because you've been born of God, you have that nature. And that makes you a child of God. See, when you have an idea that you are adopted, or you're trying to earn your relationship with God, then that means that you can be kicked out. (laughs) That you didn't meet the mark today. Maybe you met the mark yesterday, but you didn't meet the mark today. You weren't good enough today. You weren't holy enough today. You didn't pray enough today. You didn't give enough today. You didn't love enough today. So you're out. You're no longer part of the family. You have to be born again. There's churches where every Sunday, everyone gets born again every Sunday because they're pretty sure God kicked them out sometime during the week for doing something or not being good enough. And that's a really sad way to live with God. A really sad belief system because you'll never ever be able to receive safely the love of God. You'll never be able to be vulnerable with your father. Can you imagine that spend your whole life serving God and never feeling vulnerable enough to let him love you and to open up about your struggles and your weaknesses and your insecurities or your fears that you're fighting through? And being afraid to open up to him. I know Christians, you can't talk to them. They're so annoying. You can never talk to them. How are you doing today? Well, I'm blessed. It's like, yeah, I see you got your arm in a bandage. No, I'm blessed and healed in Jesus' name. Yeah, but your arm, it's got a cast on it. Are are you okay? I'm blessed. I'm highly favored of the Lord. You can't have a conversation with them because they're so afraid or driven to say everything perfectly. And that's not a relationship. A relationship is where you are open to be vulnerable before God. God, I'm having a bad day. God, I, I'm tempted. God, I need your I need your strength. I need your encouragement. I need your grace on me. That's an that's an open relationship where you're vulnerable to God and open about your struggles. Many believers are stuck in and I don't want to be little when you're talking in faith because I think that's important. But so many believers are stuck in a way where they just they can't ever share with people around them or even with God if they're going through a battle. In a relationship of any friendship that you have, of every family relationship with parent to children, there's got to be a vulnerability and openness to discuss freely without fear of rejection. What you're going through. And you'll learn that about God. You, you can test him. You can open up about a little thing and find out the next morning he didn't kick you out of the house. Because you, you opened up about a struggle you're having. But you have to have the idea, the image in your heart that you truly are a child of God. That righteousness really is who you are because that's your nature righteousness is not earned it's in you by the nature of God when you stand before God and are looking for entrance into heaven he's not going to look ask you for a list of all your good works and a list of all your bad works and then compare the two well you have more works and bad works so you get to go into heaven it's not your good works that send you to heaven it's not your bad works that send you to hell heaven is an exclusive club that is for family members only. So to enter into heaven, the only question God will have for anyone is, are you my child? Are you my child? Do you have my nature in you? Now, many people we know are Christians, have the nature of God in them, but have not allowed that nature to grow forth the love and the peace and the joy of God. So I know a few sour Christians that haven't, Yet allowed the the fruit of the spirit to come forward, they're still in the fruit of their natural man. But they're born again. They have righteousness in them. They just haven't let them overtake them. And so we want to be careful not to to be too hard to judge people. You're going to heaven. You're going to hell. You know, because someone someone could be saying that about you. Well, I've done more than you. You you must not be making heaven. We want to let God be the judge, and we just love people, and expect them to grow in God. So we all know people at different levels of maturity, but when you stand before God to go into heaven, maturity won't matter. What's going to matter is, do you have my nature in you? Now, I won't go into the message on how you can give up your salvation, and you could choose to walk away from God through sin or religion. But I can give you many verses also how God will never abandon you. God doesn't kick you out of the family. You have to walk out of the family. So here he says that, verse 26 again. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And as many as you, as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ there is neither jew nor greek there's neither slave nor free there's neither male nor female for you are all one in christ jesus and if you are christ then you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise so you are now an heir of god through the faith that abraham brought forward to bring jesus his seed of faith into this earth you received that christ his nature You're now a child of God. So say that to yourself, I'm a child of God. And let it mean what it means, that you are born of God. You are his child. Keep your finger here in Galatians and come with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And it says in, oh, we'll say verse 10, John 1 verse 10 starting in verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. This is describing salvation as, by faith, you become a child of God. That you, you're you not just switching roles. And that's my, why I want to tackle the confusion of, am I adopted of God? That he just kind of adopted me into his family? He gave me his name? Or are you birthed of God? And that's the mystery that you have to walk through. The mystery is that you had to come into existence by your earthly family. God doesn't make people. He doesn't just create people. There's no spirits in heaven waiting for a body. He has to find you first first created by your earthly parents. That's the will of man. You had a mom and a dad who decided to make you. One way or another, they made you. You came into existence The moment of conception. God did not put life in you. He did not speak life into you. He found you. You came into existence. Every person since Adam who has been conceived is still in existence today. They're somewhere. They're either in heaven or hell or on the earth. But every person conceived is still in existence and will exist for the rest of eternity. That's why God's so passionate about trying to rescue the human race. And so his answer wasn't to just adopt you, to say, I'm going to bring you into my home and give you my name. Uh, many people feel like that, that I am adopted by God, and now I must learn how to be like God. No, the imagery, the picture of salvation is different than that. It's much different, and it's confusing, or it can be, Hard to really comprehend because you're still here. You remember before you were saved and after you were saved. You remember the memories of your childhood before you asked Jesus in your heart. But yet you are a new creature. That's kind of the mystery that we have to navigate through. And the part that I want you to really navigate through is the part that says, I am a child of God, born of God. Peter talks about it in 1 Peter 2, where he says, as newborn babes, and you hear that language, you're a newborn babe. And with transformation series, I'm hoping you're seeing the imagery that you're, you actually are created new. You are the same, you. But everything around you starts to change from darkness to light. And so your inner man gets born again by the new nature. You receive that new nature by faith. And that brought to life your inner man, which means you now have a spiritual man with a a mind and emotions and desires that's completely righteous of God. And you can grow up and mature in that inner man as much as you want. Uh, But it's spiritual, so you only grow up in the inner man by praying and by the word and by spending time with God. But the outward man was left, the outward natural man was left in darkness. And that's where your struggle comes from. But many people are trying to, like an adopted child. An adopted child, in my family, I have two sisters. My mom was a little, a little crazy. She was single, and she had a cousin who was kind of an alcoholic, strong alcoholic. And her cousin continued to get pregnant and have children. And the, the province would come, and the government would come and take the children and put them in the foster care. And my mom had enough or eventually she adopted my older sister who was my cousin's daughter and she went and adopted her because my her cousin could not take care of of my older sister. So my mom who was single couldn't stand it went and adopted her and made her her own. And then 2 years later she had another girl same condition same situation so my mother went and adopted her before the government could come and put them into foster care. And those are my two older sisters. And uh, they are as much my sister as anyone could possibly be. I have one full-blooded sister. You know my mom's been married a few times. I have a full-blooded sister. I have a couple half-brothers, so on and so forth, or a few half-brothers. But my adopted sisters are as much my sister as my full-blooded sister is. We don't look alike necessarily, but they are my sisters. They they have the same name. They have the same rights in the family as anyone else. They are my sisters, They are, but they're adopted. Now, an adoption means that someone from outside the family is brought into the family and is given the title of the family, given the position in the family as a full-blooded brother or sister, but they are really not full-blooded. If they go to the doctor and and the doctor says, okay, we need to look at the family history to see if we have any things we need to worry about. And if my sister, older sister, said to the doctor, well, here's the family history of my adopted dad and mom. And she wrote down the history of, of her adopted mom and dad, who are legally her mom and dad said, well, that's what the that's the things they have. The doctor would reject that and say, no. He'd actually rip that up and say, I'm sorry, that doesn't help me. I need to know from the DNA of your birth, mom and dad. And so you're going to have to go back to the adoption center and find out who's who and so that we can know maybe what's going on with you or what to expect through your natural birth. Well... That kind of imagery is how many Christians feel that they were of this world. And God's love reached over to them. And when they got saved, God gave them their name, his name, and brought them into the family. But they are actually adopted. And we're going to read some language in Galatians that, that uses the word adoption. And because of that, it can make you think that that's what you are. You're adopted. but you have his name. But that's not true. That is not how it is. That's not the way it is. You are born of God. We've read this before, John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night, and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus brings up that word, born again. Nicodemus understood what he meant, that it wasn't just a nickname. It wasn't a, a name titled to adoption. Nicodemus clearly understood what Jesus meant when he said, born again. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? See, Nicodemus understood that Jesus meant an actual birth of a child. Not an adoption, not a, a bringing in a title, not signing paperwork to change someone's name, and legally make them their own, that Jesus clearly meant to Nicodemus the actual process of a birth, which confused Nicodemus. Like, what do you mean? How is that possible? Can a man enter again into his mother's womb? How is that born again supposed to happen? That's why it's a mystery that you have to walk through, so you get it into your heart, into your understanding, into your belief system that you really are birthed of God. You are a child of God, born of God, a new creation. You're not just simply come into his family and he blessed you with his name and his title, put his ring on your finger and his robe on you and said, I'm going to call you my own. No, he in the miracle of salvation birthed you in the spirit, made you his child, And you still remember what happened before your salvation, but you really are a new creation. So he says his answer, Jesus' answer to Nicodemus' confusion. Nicodemus said to him, verse 4, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Do not marvel when I say to you that you must be born again. Or verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. So your salvation, your accepting of Christ, was actually an incredible miracle. It was you being born again into the family of god but he says you must first be born of flesh so what's born of flesh is flesh that's your outward man that's who you used to be what's born of spirit is spirit you're first born of water that's when you came out of your mother's womb you had to first come into existence by the will of two parents god couldn't just snap his finger and make someone appear He, in the family of Adam, gave Adam the power to procreate, to bring people into existence. And that's where you and I came from. He had to find us in the family of Adam. And then our birthing, our born again, our rebirthing, is we are born the first time by the will of our parents, by the will of man. But we're born again by our choice to accept the path out of the family of Adam and be born into the family of God. It's not just a faith declaration. It is an actual miracle that happened in your spirit, man, was born again. God spoke light into darkness, life into death, and you were resurrected from dead to life. It's a miracle. You are a new creation born of God, but you're still wearing the outward body that didn't receive that miracle. Not yet, not until the trumpet sounds. So you really are a child of God. You really are birthed of God, a new creation. It's not just a faith statement. It's not just a title. You have been born of God. God is your father. There was an adoption process. And that's why it can be confusing. Because God had to go through an adoption process for you. And when I talk about you, I'm not talking about your spirit. I'm not talking about... We have in our Christian ease that I am a spirit, I have a soul, I'm born, and I I live in a body. That's not complete enough for me. It it can make you think that you're trying to take your soul, mind, will, and emotions, and make it learn who God is, like an adopted child. No, you're born of God. You must grow up in the things of God, not not just make it change. You're not trying to fix your natural soul. You're trying to mortify it. Your inner man's spiritual part of your soul is ready to grow into the things of God because it is from God. It's from the nature of God. It is as righteous as God. That's why when you pray in tongues and read the Bible and worship God, he fellowships with your spiritual man because God is the father of your spirit and not your flesh. He is born your inner man from death to life, you are on the inside, completely a child of God. Even while you're dealing with the craziness of the outside man, you are a child of God. Now we're going back over to Galatians. I hope you held your finger in there. I don't know how you do that if you're looking on, nowadays if you look on your Bible app, on your phone, or your tablet, I don't know how you hold your finger there. I still use the old papers mostly, so. Chapter 4, Galatians 4, verse 1. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewardships until the time appointed by the Father. Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. So here Paul is talking about the Jewish people, but he's talking about the process, that even they, they were still children of God under the law, but that's kind of like a, a child that had a steward that wasn't mature enough yet. But once they grew up enough, they were to no longer be under a steward. They were to be born of God, children of God, and adopted into as sons of God. But then, because we are you are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So he's talking about a process that God had to do to bring you out of the family of Adam into the family of God, which was an adoption process for you, but not for your life, not for your inner man. You have been born of God. It was through the adoption process that he rescued you out of the family of Adam. Legally, you have been born of God. The adoption process, let's read this again. To redeem us those who are under the law, verse five, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba Father. See, your nature no longer is a is no longer of this earth. It's no longer of Adam. Your inner man is no longer of Adam. It's of God. It's been birthed, brought forth from God, not from Adam. You're not trying to Take on the name of God and then act like his child. You are his child. You've been born of God. Therefore, you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ, you are an heir. So you have received from God sonship. You're a child of God, which means that you have a right by birth to receive the promises of God. Your right To ask for healing does not come because you offer God money or you offer God good works or a good life your right to ask God for healing is because you are righteous you have his nature in you you are his child born of God your right to ask God for provision to meet your needs comes from that righteousness in your new nature that you receive from God You are birthed of him, you're his child. That gives you the right to request God and to believe God and to expect as an heir to receive from God the things that Jesus paid for by his blood. You are born of God. I'm going to go over to 1 John. 1 John chapter 3. First John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God. Now I'm going to pause there. Beloved, now we are children of God. It's a mystery that you have to walk through to where you start to accept that you're a child of God and expect your life to reflect that you are his child. That's called holiness. That's called loving your neighbor. That you start to expect that out of your life. If you have an idea of adoption, then you're always struggling to try to be someone you were never, never designed to be an adopted child. Let's say that a child is adopted by a family of basketball players. I recently saw a uh, article. I just skimmed over, it, but there's a family, a whole family: mom, dad, sons and daughters, grandchildren that are average six foot eight. They're all extremely tall, <laughs> and and it's in their physical DNA. And so when the tall mom and the tall dad made a child. That child ended up being tall. Doesn't happen all the time, but that's what happened. And so their average of all their kids, the mom and dad, and I think even the grandkids are six foot eight inches tall. That's the average. That tells you that that's a tall family. Now let's say that they adopted a child from a short family of five foot four people. And so now they have a child who's five foot four. They gave that child their name. That child has their name and their title. That's my child. But yet when you look at them in the family pictures, you realize uh, that one is missing about a foot and a half of height. You realize there's something different. It would be that short child who is the adopted child would always be struggling every time the family decided, To play the game of basketball together it's the adopted child that's always striving to try to meet the um the family winning percentage when the family decided at christmas let's get together let's play a game of basketball and they picked teams guaranteed the it was the mother's team that would have chosen the little the short adopted child out of mercy because no one really wanted them to play on their team for basketball because they're adopted. And even though they know this, you are my child, I love you, you have all the rights. When they played that game of basketball every Christmas, that five foot four child would always feel a striving to try to meet what everyone else does naturally. And so if you have the idea that you're adopted into God, you may have the right language to say, I'm a child of God, I'm born again of God. You may say all the right words, but if the image in your heart is that you're adopted, that he gave you his name, he gave you his, called you his child, but really you're just a dirty, rotten scoundrel with God's name and not born of him. See, if you don't see yourself as being born of God with his nature, your expectations will be, I'm not even going to try holiness because it's not in me. But when you realize you're born of God, that that it's not just expected, that should come natural, that that should be you given into that new nature, yielding over to it, means that you are trying and being holy, because that's what your nature is. It's no longer a striving to be something you're not, as much as it is a walking out of who you really are. And so that's why the imagery is so important, that... I've seen a lot of Christians say the right words, but you can see by their actions that they really don't see themselves as a child of God. And that's what I'm trying to tackle today. Verse 1, chapter 3, Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know Him. Beloved, Now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So when the trumpet sounds and we are standing before Jesus, when you are standing before Jesus either in heaven, or if you're on this earth and the trumpet sounds, when you meet Jesus and you're saved, you're going to find out you're just like him. Right now, you're just like him. You are as righteous as Jesus is, because you received his nature. You're born of God. Jesus made a way for his father to be your father. You're born of God. And that's why when it's revealed, and you see him face to face, you're going to realize, I am as righteous as Jesus is. And what a shame if you feel today, I am not righteous, I am not worth, valued, because I'm not good enough. If you're constantly trying to earn your relationship with God, constantly trying to prove that you're worth His love, that you're worth His provision, that you, you want Him so bad to call you child, to share the love of a father, if you're constantly just striving to make that happen, that's because your imagery is that you are actually been adopted and given His name. That's not the right imagery according to the scripture. You are born of God. That means that if you were born to the family that's six foot eight on average, you're going to be six foot eight. You can expect that. Not if you're adopted, you can't expect that, but if you're born of God, you can expect that you'll hit your your growing spurt and you'll make six foot eight. That's the language of a child of God. God, You can expect that you can be holy. You can expect that you can be provided for because, not because you earned it, you received it. You're an heir. You received righteousness free of charge. You received the right to walk holy free of charge. It's your birthright. You're born that way. You're born of God in righteousness. You are his child. You're not adopted. You're not brought in from the other family of Adam, from your earthly family, and just given a name. You didn't just sign a different name after you. You've been given his nature. The nature from your earthly parents is gone. It's no longer there. You have the nature of Christ in you. Your inner man, in the inner part of your your mind and emotions, has been brought to life in true righteousness and holiness. The reason you struggle is because your outward man and the outward part of your soul, mind, and emotions has been left in darkness. It hasn't been rescued. And so many Christians are trying to take their outward mind and emotions and make them think like God and love like God and act like God, but they'll never be able to. We're not trying to make our outward soul understand God because it's not of God, it's of Adam. It can't understand God. It can never love like God. It can never think like God. But your inner man was born of God, birthed by God. And now because of that, you can expect that you can really know who God is. You can really walk in righteousness and holiness. You can walk in love. It can grow in you. You can become it and it can become you so much that people will look at you and say, you remind me of Jesus. You act like Jesus, you love like Jesus, you're holy like Jesus. So much of the Christian world is trying and striving to conform their natural thinking, their natural love to be like Jesus. And they're falling short because a natural man can never, ever act like God because it's not of the same species. But your inner man is. You are born of God. Say it with me. I am a child of God. You are You are a child of God, birthed of Him, not just His name. You've been given His DNA in your spirit. Your spiritual man is so much like Jesus, not in His divinity, in His righteousness, in His holiness, that the day that you stand before God, not wearing your outward body, the day you meet Jesus, not wearing your outward body, face to face, like actually see Him face to face, you will say, Beloved, now we are children of God, and has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, and we shall see Him as He is. The day you see Jesus in all of His glory, the day you meet Him, and you're not wearing your outward body, you will say, We are like Him. We have His DNA in us, we are his t- obviously we're <laughs> we're like Jesus because we're family, we're children together we are he is our older brother, we are born of God when you meet Jesus you're going to find out that you're already like him, so keep growing in love, expect to grow in holiness, keep pressing into God, run to him, be vulnerable to him, open up about your struggles he won't reject you, he loves you. He is your Father. You can't earn that. You have to receive it. Thank you for spending time with me. I pray that you're blessed. And I pray that you walk every day knowing that you're loved. God loves you and I love you. I'll see you soon.